0: From Relay FM, this is Upgrade, episode 300. Today's show is brought to you by Squarespace, DoorDash, and Cotton Bureau. My name is Mike Hurley. I am joined by Mr. Jason Snell. Mr. Jason Snell, hello.
1: Mike, how have the podcast authorities not shut us down? 300 episodes. Amazing.
0: Imagine such a thing. I have a hashtag SnellTalk question for you, Jason. Okay. How's the weather today? <laughs>
1: you know, uh, it was foggy this morning, but mm-hmm. it's cleared up and there's blue sky out my window now. That was not the case even half an hour ago. So I think it's going to be a nice day. Not too hot,
0: but so, not too cold. The reason I asked that question, because we we're we in a very celebratory mood today. It's going to be a lot of uh, talking about ourselves. Uh, the Snell oh Talk idea in case you're newer around here the idea that we start the show with a question uh, that typically comes from our audience today's question came from me uh it was because (laughs) we would always start the show like talking about things like that like i'd say how's you doing Jason? tell me what the weather's like you know little things like that yes small talk yeah small talk it was small talk then a friend of mine matt mutual friend of ours said why don't you ask different questions every time instead of the small talk and then we ended up coming up with snell talk and that's uh, and one of my favorite podcast chapter artworks is this one. Which which Matt was this? Uh, Matt Scharf. Oh, Matt Scharf. All right, paper Matt. Okay. paper mat. And so, if you uh, have never seen it before, maybe you don't look at the chapter artwork for the show. If you use a, a podcast app which does observe chapter artwork, apps like. Uh, Castro Pocket Cast, Overcast, the Apple Podcast app, apps like that. You will see beautiful artwork, as if this show is like a late night talk show, which is so yes. great. And it has the little Relay NBC logo, the iMac I NBC know. logo at the bottom. It's a really very good one, uh, by the wonderful uh, Simon, who, who does all of our uh, artwork. Forgotten Towel, on social network. So yeah, yeah. So yes, we are. Uh, we're. Celebrating today, we're celebrating episode three hundred. A celebrate upgrade. We've got some fun stuff to talk about. Uh, before we right. get into the show today, I want to just address something real quick. Um, the past week has has only added more anguish and upset to the lives of people in and outside of America. People who are already going through so much. You know, everybody is just so much happening in the world right now, and we don't want more on top of it but it's needed. Um, and we just want to state that we support you. We hope, and you know, everyone, we support you and we hope that we're all going to get through this safely together. It should go without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway, that of course, that we believe racism and police brutality should never be tolerated. Yep. And we want to make this abundantly clear on this show right now in the hope that adding more voices like ours will help to show that there is a majority in this world who believe in what is Right. We're going to put a link in the show notes to some resources for how you can help um, with Black Lives Matter causes and, and others. It's, you know, We want to have fun here today, and we hope that we can continue to provide you with the escapism that you want, right? Um, but I feel like it. W- we had to say something because yep. we're aware of this as, as much as everybody else. Yep, Absolutely. Let's do some upstream news. Upstream is where we talk about what's going on in streaming media. The we spoke about this last week. We touched on it last week a little bit. And uh, Apple has indeed bought some back catalog content, but you never would have guessed what their first purchase oh would be. It's the back catalog of Fraggle Rock. Um, uh huh. <laughs> one episode, un- one hundred episodes, and now on Apple TV Plus, who were previously on HBO. Yeah, um, back in like the '80s,
1: I want to say, yeah, Fraggle Rock was on HBO, but it was a it was a Henson production, I think, mm-hmm. and that's why they have the rights to sell to Apple. And uh, this is interesting because they are doing. I mean, they've got little shorts now. They are doing full length episodes that they're that they've ordered. Um, this is something, you know. I feel like we almost got this. Last time when we talked about this, because mm-hmm. it's the idea that if Apple's buying a catalog of old content, maybe it's related to their new content. Yeah, you you said that, like you
0: you one hundred percent were talking about that. On and we I
1: suggested something that. like, well, oh, Battlestar Galactica, because Ron Moore mm-hmm. does for all mankind or something. But it's even more specific than that. It's if we're going to do something that is a reference or a follow on or a reboot or something to a previous show, we could buy those episodes. Yep. So if they if Apple TV brought back a show that got canceled, presumably they would bring back the archive. Here with Fraggle Rock, it's a revival. They're going to get the Fraggle Rock archive. Um, and there's, there's another one that it sounds like is going to happen, which is uh, a British show, Mike. So why don't you tell me about that one?
0: Yeah, this is a, a quote from Vulture. Uh, variety earlier this month reported that Apple landed a deal to stream new episodes of Long Way Up, which is a follow up to the Ewan McGregor led British travel series Long Way Round and Long Way Down. This is where Ewan McGregor just rides around on a bicycle, a motorbike, not a bicycle, <laughs> maybe bicycles in places.
1: Long Way Up, presumably he'll be on a, like a hang glider.
0: I guess so. Uh, <laughs> I actually think it's it's like traveling. Right. Yeah, I don't know just traveling so, around the UK. But
1: this is this is a perfect example of it's a follow-on mm-hmm. to this other stuff. Why would you not buy the rights to the previous episodes mm-hmm. because that gives you like did you like our original we'll dive into the back catalog now and that yep. is actually it so it's a change in Apple's strategy but not really, right? No. This is really saying it's all about our originals and we will make strategic purchases to bolster our originals and and so we got all worked up about like well what could this mean and who could they buy but like this is not a sign of that maybe they'll do that down the road maybe not but this doesn't feel to me like a sign of it this is all about just using the using the catalog to bolster uh but so the you know the new shows so it's all all about like the new shows and then what what trails from them what's ancillary material for them so if they do a reboot of something like actually, the one that, that that comes to mind to me is Amazing Stories, right? They have Amazing Stories. I would imagine that they've at least inquired <laughs> about buying the streaming rights to the whole Amazing Stories catalog mm-hmm. because they have Amazing Stories as originals, and that would be a uh, that's a follow on. They could do that.
0: Yeah, let's just say if this is what. Apple ends up doing it. This is the extent of it. It's not very exciting. Um, Yeah, I think we kind of was hoping, as you're saying, that they were going to do maybe some bigger stuff than this. As you say, by like adjacent content, um, like all of Battlestar Galactica. Right, it's a great one that you mentioned because there's tie-ins. The showrunners are there. But like, if this is all they do, one, it's not that exciting, and two, it's not that original. I've seen this with like Netflix have done this. Like, they pick up a show that had previously been dropped from a network. They revive it and then get the back catalog as well. And you want, right? right.
1: You want that. It's a natural kind yep. of fit. I'm actually wondering now why Apple didn't get the rights to Amazing Stories. Did NBC Universal just want to hold on to those? Because it kind of mm. makes too much sense. That I feel like that is just, just a case that. of just not doing it right. They didn't do it at launch because it yep. would have confused things. Well, you know, it wouldn't surprise me then if that ends up happening. Because that would make sense, right? Like, oh, mm-hmm. I enjoy this. Remember the original? Oh, they're all here. Let's go mm-hmm. watch those now. Yeah, Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense.
0: And who knows, maybe Apple will set its sights now more more on shows they can revive, right? Because then they Mm. can get the back catalog. Like that might be a change in direction for them. Uh, Sure.
1: Sure. And this is streaming services are often in a place where something beloved gets canceled somewhere where they ask, well, what could you revive this? Could you bring it forward? And the timing isn't right for this. But an example is like Counterpart, the show that I loved, which is now on Amazon Prime in the US. It's in other places around the world. That show was canceled at stars after 20 episodes and they shopped it around. And nothing came of it. And the executive producers now, there was a Reddit thread where he explained where they were going with it. So I think it's never coming back, right? But, but that, that's the kind of scenario where a show like that that's really high quality ha- doesn't have a home there. The people at Apple look at it and go, actually, we really like that. Can we get the rights to those 20 episodes and we'll buy another 20? And that, they might do something like that. I know that that is sometimes frowned upon as being like you're taking somebody else's leavings, but sometimes it happens that it just doesn't fit. Like, this is the wrong show for this channel or yeah. service and a better fit for us. And so I think this positions Apple in a way to be one of those. They'll start getting the letter writing campaigns is what I'm saying.
0: I mean, I expect that will definitely be the case, right? Like, yeah. but... save our show, Apple. Yep. Use your billions. Uh, so I think this is what Scorsese said to them too. Uh, Killers of the Flower oh, Moon, the upcoming movie starring Leonardo DiCaprio and uh, who else is in it? Robert De Niro, of course, um, is coming course. to Apple TV Plus now. Reported uh, by many outlets, including Deadline, it's expected to cost between 180 and 200 million. I believe this is including the rights uh, from Paramount and to finish the movie. Um, The movie will still be distributed by Paramount in theaters. This is exactly the same as Netflix and the Irishman. Um, They Netflix bought it from Paramount to finish it because Paramount didn't want to spend all the money that Scorsese wanted to spend, but then they still got to put it in theaters, which is also important because then it puts it up for award uh, season. So, you know, Apple would want to do that anyway with this movie. So this is kind of like a win-win.
1: Yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, Oscar, Oscar. Yeah,
0: it's big. It's all, right. about, they want it's Oscars. all about Oscars. Yeah, I mean, and this is a chance. Martin
1: Scorsese movie probably going to get nominated for Oscars, and now yeah. Apple will be uh, sharing in that in that glow because this is an Apple production.
0: Uh, Gal Gadot uh, set to star in a new Apple TV Plus series about the film legend Hedy Lamar. Um, quote from Variety, Hedy Lamar will follow the true story of the Hollywood glamour girl spanning 30 years from Lamar's escape from pre-war Vienna to her meteoric rise in the golden age of Hollywood to her fall and eventual disgrace at the dawn of the Cold War. The show will also go into Lamar's life as an inventor, including one invention that became the basis for spread spectrum technology that is used today. So another big star uh, that Apple is going for. Yeah, Wonder Woman herself. Mm-hmm, exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. I have some uh, what's on Apple TV Plus news. Oh. Okay. You, which is the, so so Central Park, which we've talked about here from the Bob's Burgers people, and there are a bunch of other people involved. Some voices from Hamilton. Uh, Josh Gad is involved. Uh, it premiered on Apple with two shows. I want to say two episodes. Um, I watched the pilot, and I thought it was pretty fun. It's a it's like a musical animated comedy thing, and uh, I thought it was pretty good. So if you like musicals and you like uh, Bob's Burgers or other animated stuff, Bob's Bob's Burgers, by the way, great show. Uh, You should check out Central Park. I enjoyed it. Um, And then I also watched the Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet quarantine episode. Mm -hmm. And because everybody was talking about it. It was really well done. I was very impressed. Um, I think it was... I mean, it was better than the Parks and Recreation one. And I love Parks and Recreation. And so it had a great nostalgia value to see them. But you could see the seams and like the people not quite acting right and all of that, Mm. I would say. Mm. Like it was a little awkward. Um, And then this one felt solid. Like it felt like a real TV episode. It was very well done. I read an article about how they did it where they were, they, they apparently, you know, it's that thing. I think we might've even talked about it where they're like, oh, we need a bunch of iPhones to shoot this. Can we get iPhones? Like, yeah, yeah. I think you're on Apple TV Plus. I think you can. Anyway, it was really good. Um, and I recommend it. And I, I think it, I, I've i only seen the first three, four episodes of the season. So I assume it spoils some things about some, where some people are later, but not really. And it doesn't matter. And I would recommend giving it a try. I think it was pretty funny. Cool. Um, and I have... Uh, as a little sidebar, um, a Netflix thing that a little Netflix story to tell you, which is they released another interactive on Netflix.
0: Oh right, like the Black Mirror one.
1: Yeah, so this is uh, Un- Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, which is a show that ran on Netflix for a long time, and they did a uh, a follow on like episode, basically special, um, and it's an interactive special. So it's an interactive sitcom special, and I liked it. It was really funny, but. I tried to watch it on the Apple TV just to see if they've added Apple TV interactive support because Bandersnatch didn't work on the Apple TV. And when you play and it shows up in the interface, so I'm like, okay, well it's here and I play it and basically a robot appears, not kidding, somebody in a robot costume and says, "Uh, sorry, you can't watch this on this device. You need to go to a different device uh, and watch it there. And I thought, well, that's, interesting and disappointing that they aren't building this support into Apple TV. Um, and the amazing thing is they sent me an email. Hmm. I immediately got an email from Netflix, having played that video saying, Jason, we see you tried to play the Kimmy Schmidt interactive special, and it's not available on your, on your device because it is too old. Okay. Um, please consider a a more modern device like a smart TV or streaming box.
0: I'm like, "Mm, that was what I was using. That, that email tells me they would love to make it available on Apple TV.
1: I mean, it also is weird, right? Like Apple TV, the way they wrote the email, they wrote it for a bunch of old incompatible systems, but also the Apple TV gets it because, uh, they just haven't gotten to it yet. And they didn't really think about the fact that it was also going to go to Apple TV people. Um, Anyway, it turns out my TV set, which is a uh, TCL, so it's got Roku OS on it. The TV set has a Netflix app that does support interactive. So we watched it on our TV set Hmm. Netflix app because that's apparently more advanced than our app. I imagine
0: there's got to be something about what they're able to do with the remote that's stopping them from doing this.
1: I don't... I don't think that's it. I think it's something about the app itself, their Netflix app on, on mm-hmm. uh, TVOS that they don't want to support it. It's on iOS. It works on iOS. And all you're doing, the interactive, is literally there's just a menu, and you go back and forth and then select one. There's hmm. no special interaction at all. But they've decided, I guess, not to do the work to put it in their tvOS app, even though it's in their iOS app, which is kind of baffling. But anyway, the email was the part that really made me laugh because it was like, you you seem to be using something very old that doesn't do cool things. Please upgrade your old Apple TV. <laughs>
0: it's like, no, no, nope, not going to happen. Anyway, that's my story. Last thing. Uh, Zane Lowe's Apple Music interview series is now a podcast. So this is the interview series that he does on... Uh, Apple Music Beats One. Wait, is it called Beats One? Beats One, right? Yeah, Beats One. Worldwide, 24 7. This uh this is an interview series that Zane has done since the beginning of uh Beats One talking to music artists. And this follows on from what he did on the radio before this. You know, the Zayn Lowe interview was an important part of a new artist's release. They would come on, talk to Zane Lowe, talk about the album. This is now available on uh apple podcasts and everywhere they've released it just as a podcast it's not locked into mm. anything it is an open podcast you can just go and get it yeah. um, it's an
1: apple original podcast yep huh.
0: yep interesting so, i wonder if it's on spotify i wondered that i didn't check because i figured it was kind of pointless because I, d- I bet you it's not so <laughs> 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 right? I-, I would do a quick search while we're sitting here but i can't imagine that it is um, I guess this is a foray, you know, this is doing something smart. They they can't really do this uh, with a lot of the Beats 1 content because it contains music, um, so right. they wouldn't be able to do this. It's not on, it's not on Spotify. was worth checking, definitely, isn't it? Um, but they can do it with the interview stuff, uh, so they're, they're doing this. And I think this is a good one because, you know, I think we said this a long time ago. We said this when Beats 1 launched. Like this is great content that is kind of being hidden in a place that people aren't expecting to find it, um, and so putting it out there as a podcast is a is a good move. Um, and I wonder what we're going to see. This is clear. Uh, this is a clear change. This is clearly something new. This is Apple taking content that they create and putting it out there. Um, the the creator is Apple Music. That's kind of what it is uh, mm-hmm. locked as right now. It's like who made this podcast kind of thing. You know, like we are Relay FM in the in the podcast directory. So, so there you go. Uh, I want to do one little piece of follow up before we go to our first break. Uh, people should go subscribe to Lift Off, the Relay FM show hosted by Jason Snell and Stephen Hackett, if they want to know more space stuff because uh, people are excited about space right now. That's right. We
1: did a uh, we did a little live stream during mm-hmm. the space oh, launch shit. over the over the weekend too, which was kind of fun. Learning new new app we used for that we used um, live from ECAM, mm-hmm. which had some weird audio issues because it's trying to be yep. you know it's one of those things where it's it, we see this a lot with the stuff that we do where we want complete control over everything, um, and some apps try to be helpful, and like just do the right thing, but it gives you no control over it, and so mm-hmm. you then you try to take it over take control and then that that doesn't work and. Yeah, so we fix we fixed it all. There were some very weird audio switching issues that it had, but we we got there in the end. I learned a lot about it. There's things I would I would change, but um, mm-hmm. and there's features that that app I wish would add. it's a very unlike every other live streaming app I've used. It's really nice as a Mac app. It's like a good app, but it's super limited in what it can do right now. And um, so that's disappointing. Ecamm makes call recorder, which we use for all our podcasts too but um and live as a as a live streamer it's got a great interface for connecting to the streaming service and giving you complete control over what you see and i'm very impressed by all of that and then i tried to make a a a screen where steven and i were on like filling the screen and then there was a little picture in picture of uh, our video capture of the space launch and it just it can't do that (laughs) you can do the reverse but you can't you just can't put video in a picture in picture box. And yeah. I emailed them and I said, is that, Am I wrong? And they're like, No, you can't do that. Like, okay. So, very limited, but uh, really nice for what it is.
0: It is a of, so. decent Mac streaming solution, of which there are not many. <laughs> so. Yeah, well,
1: I, I was using Streamlabs OBS over the weekend, which is a, a, an alpha basically. Mm-hmm. And it is great and free mm-hmm. and uh, totally locked up my Mac. And has crashed it on multiple occasions. I think there's some sort of a memory leak yep. that it, it that is doing. And it's like, and I've used Wirecast, which is very expensive. And it's also not very good, although it's more reliable than Streamlabs OBS, but it's not very good. And then I use Live and I think, oh my God, this would be so great, but I need them to add like 10 features and maybe they will over time. I mean, Ecamm is like two guys. Maybe maybe a handful more. It's a very small company. But uh, it's a great app for what it does. It just doesn't do very much right now.
0: All right. This episode is brought to you in part by our very good friends over at Cotton Bureau. Cotton Bureau are the folk who make amazing, awesome graphic tees, hoodies, and more. I have used Cotton Bureau in many ways. I've used Cotton Bureau as a customer. I buy so many t-shirts from Cotton Bureau. Um, mm-hmm. I also use them as a content creator. Uh, they make absolutely fantastic stuff. Worked with them for so many merch options in the past for this show. All of our merch has been done from Cotton Bureau for my other shows, you know, and, and lo- just so many wonderful projects that we've worked with Cotton Bureau on. They're incredibly, uh, awesome to work with. They're very professional. And my favorite thing is that the, the quality of their products are excellent. I wouldn't want to use anybody else when it comes to printing T-shirts, especially. Um, they've worked with other great tech podcasts and communities. They've printed stuff for The Incomparable in six colors. Our friends at ATP, Mac Stories, Chatechery, MKBHD. I have an MKBHD T-shirt on the way. And many Relay FM shows like this one, Connected, Mac Power Users, Cortex, Rocket, many many more. I have an ATP shirt on the way to me too. It is that time, afraid to be much.
1: It, it is. And just to be clear, I'm sorry to interrupt your ad here, but like I, I without speaking ill of other companies, I will say I have been very happy with both the quality of the shirts that Cotton Bureau sells mm-hmm. and the quality of the screen printing. Like yes. I get a Cotton Bureau shirt and the screen printing is good and it lasts And it is not not overdone. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's not thick where like you wear it on a warm day and you come back and the portion of your chest that is touching the silk screen is all sweaty because Mm -hmm. it's like they don't do. They're very good at that because they started it started as a screen printer and then Cotton Bureau kind of grew out of it as uh, the ability to sell these shirts on the web. So, I mean, I stick with Cotton Bureau because I am very happy with uh, what they do. And that's not an endorsement they can buy.
0: Cotton Bureau is a great place to buy and sell t shirts of all kinds, seen around sports, movies, gaming, food, any type of community, so many more. Their sweatshirts and tees are high quality and comfortable. They have great customer service. You can go to cottonbureau.com right now to check out their products, and you can use the code UPGRADE10 and you can save 10% on anything that you buy at Cotton Bureau. This code is only valid until July the 3rd, so hurry up. Go to cottonbureau.com and use the code UPGRADE10 Upgrades, so that's UPG RADE 10 for 10% off. Our thanks to Cotton Bureau for their support of this show and Relay FM. And all the great merch. We don't have much available right now. Uh, maybe later. Some are fun. Right
1: yeah. We're, we're going to work on it. We got kind of yeah. derailed as everybody did by what was going on mm-hmm. in the world, but we're talking about doing something. I mean, also we didn't feel the need for people to get merch to wear at WWE. Yeah, that's usually <laughs> why we do it now. So, but I think we'll try to do a summer release of some stuff. Yeah. So uh, we'll we'll get there.
0: The summer of fun merchandise usually just comes to us in fever dreams, and we just haven't had one of those yet. It's true. More on that later. We're going to do a draft. Of course we are. Surprise draft. (laughs) Surprise draft. So this is episode 300. We're going to do a draft of predictions that we think things of that that Apple will have done by episode 400.
1: Yeah, it's the episode 400 draft in episode 300. That's right. So
0: we're looking at spring sometime in 2022 is when we're picking.
1: It perhaps will be a specific day in May 2022. But as you and I said before we started the show, um, although we tend to do an episode every single week for 52 weeks... It's possible we could skip a week. It's never happened yet. Or that we would do an episode, like a bonus episode, because of something like a secret Apple thing or something like that. Mm-hmm. You never know. So we don't know exactly when, but probably May
0: 2022. We don't know for sure. So uh, this is also a prep, I guess, because we're going to be in big draft season in two weeks time. WWDC exactly. draft. Can't wait for that. It's coming on June 15th. will be the WWC draft. Yeah. It was a 302. Which is going to, be, it's going to be an interesting one. It's, I think it's going to be some weird picks in that one. So there's a message in a bottle. We're throwing it in the, mm-hmm. I don't know,
1: Apple Ocean, Apple Plus. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll fish it out for episode uh,
0: 400. I think a time capsule would be a better, <laughs> better metaphor okay. for that. Um, okay, we'll take a time capsule and we'll throw it in the ocean. No, and, no. <laughs> why does everything have to go in the ocean? Just I don't know. bury it. You bury a time capsule. Oh, okay. All right, fine. We'll bury this episode then. Okay. Uh, do you want to go first? We're going to pick five things each that we expect Apple will have done uh, within the next two years. Um. All right.
1: Do I? Uh, I I want this to be fun, and I also want to win. In I want to do a victory lap in spring 2022. Is this going to count toward our overall draft victories in 2022, we'll or is see. this just an exhibition?
0: I don't know. Let's oh. say it's an exhibition. Um. Okay unless i win it and then we change the rules all right good (laughs) that's perfectly fair
1: Mm -hmm. um i with my first pick in the episode 400 draft i'm going to say between now and episode 400 apple will have received an oscar nomination
0: oh that's good that's real good i think that's gonna happen could be martin scorsese's movie could be yeah
1: i just feel like they're buying movies
0: and uh the tom hanks movie could do
1: it it could be well this year's oscars or i guess next year's oscars are a real question right because a lot of the eligibility is going to be for things that were going to be released and then ended up on streaming but that plays into apple's hand and then with the scorsese movie they're happy to give it a release in theaters and then it will uh roll into apple tv plus but they're on the you know they're a producer of it so they mm-hmm. get the credit just like netflix screen- screening a movie and then pulling it off and putting it on netflix so i'm just gonna throw it out there um i thought about other entertainment awards i think it's almost as likely that apple will win an emmy as getting an oscar nomination but i i wanna i wanna go for the nomination because i think that's a uh
0: an interesting idea and i, I definitely think they want one <laughs> yeah i like that you've uh you've hedged it a little bit with nomination and not win an oscar yeah. Well,
1: yeah, That's if I had to pick a win, I would pick an Emmy because I think it's more likely yeah. to win an Emmy than win an Oscar. Yeah, I agree But um, I'm going to go with Oscar nomination. It's an honor just to be nominated, Mike.
0: It sure is. Uh, similar-ish, I'm going to predict that by 2022, Apple will have launched a services bundle for their... <laughs> selection of services oh i'm never given up on the services bundle no this is
1: your long this is one of your long-term
0: connected things too isn't it yeah i mean i've had it in every pick of anything hey, imaginable once
1: you're used to picking it just keep picking it and eventually it might happen
0: yep i'm i'm basic like the services bundle for me is basically i'm, I'm gene Munster in the television you know like gene would never let the apple television go and I'm never going to let the services bundle go, because I just think at a certain point they'll have enough stuff, it'll be easier for everyone, they'll make more money that way, because people will, you know, where they may have just had one, they'll be like, alright, I'll pay an extra dollar a month and get everything. Um, a services bundle makes, it It makes sense at a certain point that they would do it, um, I just think that all of the stars have yet to align, you know, because they don't charge any money for Apple TV Plus, right? And uh, Apple News Plus or News, whatever it's called, has not really mm-hmm. gone very well so far. I think that they, the launches have been scattered over the last year. And at a certain point, I think they're going to want to bring them together and offer one singular package. I think that's a good choice. Never,
1: I mean, bundles work. That's why bundles exist. Mm -hmm. So if they want to continue to drive services, bundling is one way to do it. Oh boy. Um, It's so hard to predict the future, Mike. You know, it's hard. Um, I am going to predict that in spring of 2022 in episode 400, at that point, the MacBook Air name still exists on a product.
0: Wow, that's an interesting
1: one. Because I I want to say and I've advocated that Apple should simplify its names when it moves to ARM and I think by spring 2022 most or all of Apple's laptops this could be a future pick. Exactly what is going on with the ARM transition, but I feel like Apple has just they can't get rid of it. They some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. So, I think <laughs> the MacBook Air just they they can't kill it. They will still be selling a product called MacBook Air in in uh, spring twenty
0: twenty two. All right, I was gonna go with a kind of like serious big product one, uh, uh-huh. but now I'm gonna pick one of my stranger ones because that okay. is like a strange little pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, that by twenty twenty two they have launched some kind of Johnny Ive collaboration.
1: Ooh, what 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 form will it take?
0: I would expect it will be some kind of watch band line or case line, something like that from Johnny's Love From Company. Uh-huh. I think it will probably be a one and done. They will do it one time, right?
1: It's Like an Apple Watch edition sort of yeah, thing. Yeah,
0: but I think they will do something. Like that whole idea of we're going to continue collaborating closely. I do not believe that that was true, but I think they're going to want to do it at least once. I. Uh, wow, you're right. That is a wacky pick. And if, if they do go into AR... I could imagine uh-huh. some kind of like maybe they want to get a little bit fancy with some kind of glasses product and maybe Johnny's uh-huh. there, there for something like that um and they maybe try and be a little they try and be quite stylish there I I think that there is a possibility to do it to put his name on it and it make it seem like it is a more important thing than it is um, as if that you know, as if it was like a fashion designer, like how they have the Hermes Apple Watches, right? Which is like really, right. it's just a, a different band and a different watch face, or so like the Nike ones. They don't change the product in any way. But I could imagine a like Apple Watch Johnny Ive edition. I think it, you know, I just think it could have a clout around it. But I don't expect it to be a long term thing. But I think they are going to do it at some point. All right, we'll put it in the bottle and throw it in the sea.
1: Um, or whatever, bury it, bury the bottle, bury the bottle in the ocean. I'm going to say that you'll be able to develop iOS apps on the iPad by Mm. episode 400. That only gives us two WWDCs, Mike, the one that's this month and the one next year, (laughs) right? Because there, there's another WWDC presumably in the summer of 2022, but we're not going to be there yet, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to throw it out there. I, I think at some point they have to say, yes, you can build apps on the iPad. So here it is.
0: What you just said about there only being two WBDCs, that really made me, when I was writing out my picks, I right. scaled it back significantly. If only this was the episode 410 draft, we would have been fine. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Get one, get one more in there. No, but like episode 400 feels like a long way away. But then when you're just like, oh, it's 2022, that's not so far away. That's right. two iPhones two years. Yeah. and two WBDCs. It's all we have, right? And exactly. so it's actually not, you can't get too like pie in the sky with these things. Um, I am. I kind of tipped my hand a little bit. Uh, I believe that by spring twenty twenty two, Apple will have launched some kind of hardware product focused on AR. Maybe glasses. Maybe it's a uh, mixed reality visor for home. You know, like and and they really are just again like it's a con- it's a prosumer product in some way, right? Like anyone can buy it, but they really want developers to have it to continue pushing the AR story. I do not believe that we are very close to a Google Glass-like product, I think Apple really want to be careful about the way they introduce that. And I think having some kind of at-home mixed reality visor is like another step, right? Without going too far. Like, let's get more people used to this. Let's get more use cases for it. So when they eventually hit with Apple Glasses, it will be a success in the way that the Apple Watch took a little while to get off the ground, yeah, I
1: had this on my list and was thinking of picking it because at some point they've got to introduce a product, right? Mm-hmm. They really do. Whether it's by spring twenty twenty two or maybe it's summer twenty twenty two, you know, I I would I think this is a good pick. I think that this is going to have to happen sooner rather than later. So yeah. in the next two years, sure, let's say so. I'm going to say that in the next two years, Apple will be. St- specifically targeted by a major piece of encryption legislation in the U.S. I'm not saying it will be hmm. uh, actually ma- passed into law, but that there will be a bug hubbub where somebody somewhere, maybe uh, the Senate, who knows, the somebody somewhere is going to make uh, a big rumble and there's going to be a big debate about whether they're going to pass a law that makes some of Apple's end-to-end encryption, and others, but Apple will be in the spotlight because of all the law enforcement complaints about them. And there will be another big hubbub that will involve proposed legislation, because I feel like this is inevitable now that there's going to be a, uh, and unlike so much that's across party lines, I feel like there are definitely uh, politicians on in both parties in the U S who want to look tough on terrorism mm-hmm. and crime mm-hmm. and think that a big tech company
0: is an easy target also tough on big tech in general right like d- d- i yes. think a lot of people want to be seen uh, as as like oh we're going to keep these going to keep these guys in line you know yeah exactly um, and, and i think if I'm following what you're saying, it's it's an escalation of the stuff we've seen in the past where, you know, there's been a lot of like uh, hand wringing about Apple and a lot of name calling, sure. but there hasn't been legislation attempted. Right.
1: Yeah. Right. Um, right. So what if there's a big debate about whether they're going to pass a new piece of legislation and one of the debates is over this? I'm not saying that they'll pass the legislation, but I think that there will be a big debate at some point uh, that they will threaten at least mm. to uh, make Some aspect of what Apple is doing with encryption and other companies illegal, even though, as we know, you're basically breaking encryption. If that happens, it doesn't actually make sense. Um, But I think they're going to try.
0: Maybe, you know, we see Tim at Congress, like we've seen Zuckerberg at Congress. Oh, yeah. I am going to go with... Apple by the spring of 2022 will have transitioned the consumer Mac line to ARM.
1: (laughs) I was trying to figure out how to slice the ARM transition and that was one of the ones I was thinking of is consumer Macs. Mm -hmm. So there may be still some Pro Macs, the Mac Pro. One of my things on my list was only the Mac Pro will remain on Intel, but it could be broader than that. So yeah, the consumer Macs to ARM by 2022 spring. Uh, So iMac, Mm Mac, And the consumer
0: laptops. Mm-hmm. Anything that has laptop. Pro in the name that runs macOS uh, will will rem- will probably remain on Intel uh, or some x86 architecture.
1: You're not predicting like all the Pro will be on Intel, right? You're you're leaving that out. You're just yeah. saying any Mac that doesn't have Pro in the title will be ARM.
0: Yeah. Because I actually, I mean, I don't know if you were going to pick this, but uh, I actually don't. If they move to Intel, I don't think they'll stick. If they move to ARM, I don't think they'll stick completely with Intel anyway. Um, I think it's all ah. up in the air for the, for the pro lines as well. Is the Mac mini
1: a pro Mac or a consumer Mac? It's a consumer Mac. Okay. So you're, you're, this is I think this is the boldest prediction of all. You're predicting the Mac mini will be updated in the next two years. <laughs> and I say that because I was about to pick the Mac mini will not be updated. Well, the it, here's the thing, years. Jason. Here's
0: the thing. We have all thought, oh, maybe the, a, a, Mac, a transition machine would be the MacBook. Or a or a MacBook Air. What mm-hmm. if it's the Mac Mini? Sure. What if Mac Mini's first? I don't think it will be. It could be though, right? Yep. Because it's sure. a small box. It's I would probably expect cheaper to make than the laptops. Uh, and if they want to have some kind of like transition hardware, that isn't a conspiracy theory of the iPad twenty twenty could be a Mac Mini. Okay. I don't think this is going to happen, but you've got to throw out your wild conspiracy theories whenever
1: they pop into your brain. I, I love it. Absolutely. You know I do that. I do that right on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. For my next pick, my last pick, I'm going to pick that Apple will be selling four different products with the name AirPods. Four. All right? So AirPods. Okay. AirPods Pro. Mm-hmm. The rumored AirPods Studio over ear headphones. Mm-hmm. And some other product that continues to extend the brand of airpods and i don't know what it is i'm not saying what it is it could be anything but i feel like i want to have some fun here but i also want to say the brand expansion of airpods will proceed
0: apace so i guess if we're talking here that there will be four products for sale that have airpods and then something right Yes. Interesting. I you know, I could imagine there's been a lot of rumor of like AirPods light. Um that could be a thing, right? Sure. Uh, I don't know. I don't really know what that would be, but you know, this one makes sense to me. This they have, they have hit a hot brand, right? Yeah,
1: that's what I keep saying, is that if you're in charge of AirPods, I'm sure that Tim Cook has basically said, do as much with it as you possibly can, because it's a huge hit. So over-ear headphones, yes. Some other kind of, you know, some other over-ear, behind-ear, open, whatever, like keep making them, keep making them. Make a little wireless charging pad for AirPods. <laughs> Fine, do it, whatever.
0: Anything. All right, my last pick. Uh, I have a couple that I want to share with you after, you know, like in you know in our extras. But I will say that by twenty twenty two, Apple will have staggered their iPhone release schedule and will be releasing multiple phones a year that are new.
1: All right. Um. So that means not just by staggered. You don't mean just like October and November after one announcement.
0: No, I. I think they will do a spring and a fall iPhone event. That's what I think they'll end up doing. All right. I think it's going to all start this year, and I think that they will then start spreading it out. Yeah, you Because know, like the rumors say, we're going to get four new iPhones in September. I don't think right. that that will keep happening. Um, I think they will want to start spreading that out a little bit over time so they can hit twice. Um, and I don't mean like the SE here, right? Like This isn't what I'm talking about. Um, but but I believe by 2022, there will be new iPhones Twice a year. Okay. That's
1: a bold pick. Mm -hmm. That's almost as ridiculous as for products named AirPods. So, great.
0: So, I will say for that one, if you want to get an idea of what I'm talking about, look at Samsung.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I think we've had this conversation about the possibility of Apple doing it. Mm -hmm. Whether they will do it is a mystery. But you're right. If they're releasing four phones a year or five phones a year or whatever it is, would it not be nice to have that be spread out a little bit? I I just I keep wondering what, what happens in the fall event. Do you release the iPhone 13 Pro and not the iPhone 13? Do you have to uncouple the names because the implication is there? Do you wait on the Pro model and release the regular model? Maybe. Maybe if the regular model gets some things that are just Pro, but it's mm-hmm. not better than the existing Pros, that gives you six
0: months to release the new Pros. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't really know how it will look. But I, it's it's this is purely based on the fact that I can't imagine them releasing four phones every September forever. It seems like yeah. too much. I hear you. So we'll see. All right. So what? Give me some of your uh, some of your additional ones. The ones you didn't. All right. didn't pick. The yet. rest of my
1: list that I was thinking of and picking from was the no Intel Macs left. Uh, only these Intel Macs left. No Mac Mini update. Air Tags will ship. <laughs> 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 Apple will ship a wireless charging accessory mm, back to the, the dog that bit them um, the easy they're going to release the AirPod studio over your headphones I decided that was too easy they've begun assembling iPhones in a country that isn't China an additional country that isn't China they've announced their intention to produce chips for their products in the United States won an Emmy and bought a movie or TV studio
0: wow you had a lot more than me Um, I only had two others, uh, which is to release a unified development platform and to have a new chief design officer. Oh, I like those. The chief design officer one, I think, would be important because it could allow them to add some diversity to their executive page. And I think that they should do that at some point. You know, they can look for somebody who doesn't look like the rest of the executives, then in there, right? Um, and Maybe they are doing that. I don't know. Or, you know, just to kind of refresh that lineup a little bit more than it has been over the last many, many years. But so we'll see. But yeah, there's a couple in there that I thought were interesting that I, I think make a lot of sense, which is especially like the. I think it's already happening. There's already lots of headlines about it happening about spreading out the uh, creation of their products and manufacture of their products to other countries. Right. Like I think uh, the. I saw a, a report somewhere saying that the. AirPod studio will be made in taiwan right um, that they're kind of trying to spread things out a little bit especially with the newer products yeah and there have been rumors about
1: vietnam potentially being an assembly point um yeah i think they're i think that they're definitely attached to china but they don't want to be completely stuck where china holds the key to all their products
0: Oh, you know what you just said. It, it, I got it wrong. It's uh the report says that they were looking to make the airport studio in Vietnam, not Taiwan. Oh, okay. So I I got that one mixed up. So thank you. for And the then motion.
1: there's Taiwan Semiconductor, which is where their chips are made, but they may be made in the U.S. in the future because yep. they're opening a factory in. I was it's thinking all, of Taiwan
0: Semiconductor it's all connected. But yeah, it was Vietnam. It's all connected. We are going to do a massive Ask Upgrade. We got so many wonderful questions from the Upgradians about a lot of meta stuff about the show, um, and that's what we're going to do for the rest of the episode. I couldn't even include all of the wonderful questions that we got. But before we do, uh, I-, I guess just to say about the draft, we'll come back to it, right? Like, I- I'll put a note in my to-do app. Like, we will score this draft by episode 400. Like, it's, it's going to happen. So that-, that will be a lot of fun. Uh, this episode is brought to you by DoorDash. You've got plenty on your to do list laundry, emails, errands, goodness knows what else. Give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. DoorDash is the app that brings the food that you're craving right now right to your door. Ordering is super easy. You open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with their new contactless delivery drop off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the US, Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. This is great. Being able to do the contactless delivery stuff is awesome right now, and you also get to support some of your favorite local restaurants. And as Jason said many times, like you can also not, it's not just about ordering what you want right now. It can also be about ordering something for later on. You know, you're thinking, what do we want for dinner tonight, right? You can tee it all up, get it sent straight to you and you get to, you get to feel good about supporting a local restaurant and you also get some great different food at home, right? Especially if you're doing a lot of home cooking, maybe you're getting in a rut.
1: Absolutely. We just did this on Friday with uh, Chinese. We're like, we don't want to cook. And uh, I hadn't had Chinese food in like a year. So... Uh, We did it. It was great. Comes, you know, and contactless,
0: just dropping it at the door. So perfect. Right now, listeners of this show can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and use the code UPGRADE. That's $5 off your order and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code UPGRADE. Download it now. Don't forget, that's the code UPGRADE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Our thanks to DoorDash for their continued support of this show and FM. So it's big Ask Upgrade time. Oh, that was a nice one. That felt like very appropriate, you know? Oh, yeah. So we'll celebrate by turning over to the Upgradients now. Yeah. For their questions. So I want to know what they want to hear. Joe asked, are you glad you chose Upgrade for the show name? Do you remember any of the other contenders? This has been so much work for me and Jason today to try yes. and find other show names. And we hit a sticking point. So basically this show began in September two thousand and fourteen, right? That's when the first yep. episode was. And both me and Jason remember having conversations over iMessage about this show, but both of our messages in the cloud backups or whatever only they, they cut off in September of two thousand and fourteen. So, maybe this is something to do with iOS or the iPhone that year, right because it's around that time there 's something about that time where neither of us have our backups before then of our messages, so all of those conversations would have been happening probably in like August of two thousand and fourteen right? Um, or like or very early September, so we don't we don 't have them. But we did both find some emails uh, to each other, and including Steven as well, when we were starting out, and we had one other Name suggestion that came from a long list that we've been working on, uh, which was Iconic, was the other name that we'd come to. Uh, but I think for me, Upgrade was definitely the winner of those. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm pleased that we went we went with that one.
1: Yeah. And it's funny looking back on that email because um, the point of the name and and this is something that I think has come up a few times where people are sort of like asking about the name. Um, it was very clear from the start. In fact, in your email to me, when we sort of were boiling it down and we had come up with a long list and brainstorming and text, and then you and Steven had talked, and then you had set back two upgrade and iconic as the ones you liked the best. I wish I knew what the others were. Um, what you What you wrote to me was... I think we're leaning toward upgrade, but it gives the impression of showing that it's better than what you're currently doing on this topic. Are you happy with that? Maybe it was the intention because (laughs) personally, I like it because of that as it sends a strong message, but just wanted to make sure you'd considered it. And the answer is it was absolutely my intention as just a little portion of an elbow to my former employers to have my podcast that I went out and did on my own be an upgrade (laughs) Over my previous job. And I will, if I haven't said that before publicly, I will say it now. Is that a dig at IDG? You're damn right it is. Yeah. And you know what?
0: Just a little bit of spite. Just
1: a tiny nugget of spite.
0: Mm -hmm. Just a little bit. Not that every project, not that it's better than every project you were doing. Of course, the wonderful clockwise, which came over at the same time. You know? Yes,
1: we found like nine different versions of the clockwise art in that email yep. thread yep. as we were trying to work on a clock, new version of clockwise. Uh, we're still on the network too, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was like I, I found it funny that you're like, "Are you sure you want to?" Uh, this leaves an implication. And I'm like, "Yes, it does." <laughs> yep. That's all right. Yeah. So it's a great name. It's a great name because it's a thing. It's a tech word. It means something in terms of uh, always kind of moving forward. And there's always another upgrade and all of that. Like it it fits so well with uh, while being a single word, which is very hard, right, to find that word that that somehow kind of ties in. And so it's a good one. Sometimes it's hard to find. Uh, when you search because it's just a word sometimes it's hard to do little promo codes for sponsors because they have an upgrade promo already <laughs> but we make it work
0: well i mean i just did a google search and then clicked neat to window for upgrade podcast and we're first beating out those punks over at lifehacker yeah <laughs> what are they thinking <laughs> uh yeah um Zach in the Discord, the Relay FM members Discord, by the way, which you should become a Relay FM member, support this show. Um, there's a link in the top of your show notes. You can support upgrade directly if you would like. You'll get access to loads of wonderful benefits, including access to the Relay FM members Discord, where there's a wonderful live chat as well while we stream the show live. But you can also ask your ask upgrade questions right in the Discord, and they get put into the same sheet as the tweets. The benefit there is they can be longer if you want. Uh, Because there isn't the the tweet limit. And you don't have to be on Twitter. (laughs) You don't have to be on Twitter. So Zach asked, uh, why is there a 128k Mac startup beep at the beginning of, in uh, brackets, nearly every show?
1: So first off, it's not just the 128k, although it is the original Mac startup chime. Um, My first Mac was a Mac SE and it had the same startup beep. And so I am nostalgic for that sound. Mm -hmm. I felt the podcast needed a startup sound when we got the theme music um, I felt like the theme music was. I like the theme music a lot. Um, we did make one change. I had it be more guitar and less synthesizer. And sometimes when I'm editing the show instead of Mike, I put it back to the the wacky wackier synth version. Just which for is fun. what makes it even weirder. You wanted more guitar, but
0: you used the synth one. I was you afraid.
1: I was afraid that it was a little too cheesy for our primary theme song. Mm. But once it was the primary theme song, having the weirdly cheesy synth version. Uh by Chris Breen, who was my coworker at Macworld for a very long time and he works at Apple now. Um but uh thank you to Chris for doing that theme song. It's so great. Uh but I felt like it needed a start. And I thought, well, how about a startup chime? And I played with it, and that was what I came up with was yeah. the original Mac startup chime, followed by the the music starting, was like really I thought that sounded great. So it was really just me kind of making a judgment that I thought I wanted the show to start with a startup time because like if the if the upgrade music had started with a with a big flourish i would not have done it but it Mm -hmm. didn't it sort of like started slowly and then built and so i wanted that that kind of gating thing at the beginning so it really was just kind of a creative process of kind of following why i was feeling the way i was about how i wanted the show to sound and i edited i should mention this again i edited episode one Because we had to, it was under embargo for an iPhone review. Embargo episode one was, and you were on holiday. Yep. So we recorded that episode uh, like the weekend before, and then uh, I edited it and posted it. Mm -hmm. So I was making those decisions about like the theme song. You hadn't even heard the theme song. I had
0: not heard the the theme song at all before. The first time I heard it was when it was released. Yeah. To everybody. So that I had a lot of faith in you and Chris (laughs) uh, on that one. And and
1: and so as a part of that process, and I've done a million other podcasts, right? I've been thinking about creatively, like how do I want this to start, and it does it sound right like this? And there were no rules; we were just figuring it out. And I thought startup beep sounded good in that place, and that's why. What's fun about that? Speaking of the the synth version versus the guitar version, is it does let us play with it and do things like have a different max startup chime, which is hilarious. We do that from time to time. There was a
0: time that I can't remember why, but we did a different chime every week for a while that during the summer of fun? I don't even remember. I, it was. Where, I but... think
1: it was I think it was the summer of fun and we rolled through or, or maybe it was somebody asked a question about the startup chime and then we started messing with the startup chime. I don't I know. I think
0: it may have been the first summer of fun before we had the theme.
1: Uh, Yeah, right. So we we had a folder full of those. And then what we asked Chris for was we wanted to do the surf guitar summer of fun version of the upgrade theme. Mm -hmm. And I specifically asked him to have it start with that little slidey guitar thing like you'd hear in a David Lynch movie or something like that. And it's,
0: perfect
1: so he's emulating the startup chime
0: we'll come back to that in a second and we
1: will get back yeah. to that in a second so anyway that's that's the idea of the chime uh it is retro which i like it says something about apple on the mac but also it just felt like appropriate and then we can mess with it which is
0: also great and one of my favorite easter eggs is the episode when apple tv plus launched i used the apple tv plus chime for that episode Yes, because Apple TV Plus has a startup chime. It's hilarious. Whoever
1: thought of that, bless your heart. That, That Apple TV Plus shows start with a startup chime. It's the best. It's great.
0: The question answer of this question is Zach, uh, Zach Knox, who is important in upgrade law because mm. whenever we have interactive draft scorecards, I think there will probably be one for this episode. There will be one in a couple of weeks for the WWC draft. Zach creates those. And Zach also helped me develop, uh, the Upgraded website, um, at Upgradies.com, which is the hall of fame so zach helped me build that in in the sense of like zach built it there's like the, the help is zach did it um and, yeah, and i helped that's right. it with, thank you with for aiding decisions. us by doing everything yeah. yeah and zach is also a mod in the uh in the discord in the members discord um, another question from the Discord comes from Molly's uh, and it, I moved this one up in the document for obvious reasons. Of all the bad things going on in the world, I miss the summer of fun and the relaxing, worry-free musical notes that accompany it. Could you play the theme music summer for of me? Fun! Just this once, please? Yes, I will definitely play that theme music for you because we were just talking about it. So that's going to play right now. Speaking of the summer of fun, oh, that felt good, right? I feel like I just was on the beach. It's gonna start in a few weeks, so looking forward to that. Don't know what we're gonna do yet, but that's the fun. Yeah, of the after summer
1: of fun. that's that is the fun. That's where the fun comes from. And after WWDC, we decided that the summer of fun can't begin until WWDC is over.
0: Yeah, and depending on how action packed WWDC is, it will either start the episode after or the episode after that. So. We'll right. Say. Depends on how much stuff there is to talk about.
1: We may have to usher it in like at the end of our WWDC recap episode. We may have to like usher it in and say, yeah. Yeah, we, "I now like like when Juan Antonio Samarank stood on the podium at the Olympics and said, "I now declare these Olympic Games open." We'll do that, but for the summer of fun. It's a deep cut. Juan Antonio Samaranch. I hope people recognize how deep that cut
0: is. Anyway, and again, thanks to Chris Breen for that music and all the yeah. music, the draft
1: music, the upgrades music, Chris composed them all.
0: Um, and yeah amazing. he
1: does all the variations and um it's they're great and he's a great sport and it's a fun uh you know he he's he basically does the theme song of all of my podcasts mm-hmm. so thank you to chris for all the theme songs
0: all the brain themes and uh, i assume a different chris asked tell us about some personal accomplishments and milestones that you've each achieved outside of upgrade over the course of these 300 episodes i have four and they're, they're pretty big uh I made podcasting my professional career. I was... Professional podcasters. I was not prof- I was not like a self-employed podcaster when Upgrade started. Um right. I, I've grown a company around all of this. Relay FM has grown into the thing that it is today. Uh, I got married and bought my first home over the, the course of these 300 episodes.
1: Life stuff. Big, yep. big stuff.
0: Yeah. But you're
1: in a very different place than you were <laughs> yeah. for episode one. Yeah. Um, I, episode one occurred a week after I left a job that I'd had for, um, I'd, I'd been continuously employed for like 20 years because I came over from a uh, Mac user to Mac world. Mm-hmm. And essentially, uh, other than some, you know, an internship at my local newspaper and some food service jobs summers at college, it was my first job and it was my only job. And upgrade one came out when I left it like a week before mm. to go do question mark, like yep. start a website. And there was no gap. There was no like, well, I'm going to take some time off and think about it because the iPhone event happened the week that I left IDG and I, I got the phone and was under embargo. And that we all know that's the biggest week of our year in terms of listener interest and reader interest. So we had to go right then. So we had to do upgrade one right then. We had to launch six colors right then. So no break. And on the precipice, my wife and I had been taking walks for a couple of years talking about like, how long are we going to give this? Is this going to work? What are the risks? How are we going to survive? We don't have any uh, health insurance. We're going to have to pay for that. All these things that were going on. So what's happened in the intervening 300 episodes is I'm still doing that. It worked. Yeah. So that's, that's the biggest one for me is that I went from my first job and the sort of quote unquote safety of a corporate job uh, that I was burned out on and hating for the last year or two that I was there to a job that I love that I do from my house, which you know, everybody does a job from their house now it seems, but I, I, I have been doing it all of this time, um, building up six colors. Um, uh, I sent my daughter off to college. Then she came back because of the pandemic, but oh. we did send her off and that was a big thing. <laughs> And I'll put in there, um, this is not quite, uh, outside of Upgrade or not, I got to do a bunch of amazing live events, and it's not just like the Upgrade live events, but it's like the Relay live Mm -hmm. events, and that means at WWDC, and the Relay fifth anniversary event, where I got to host the Family Feud, and and you know what, Uh, if you don't already know this about me, um, being in front of a live audience, I love it, I love it, I don't get stage fright, I love it. So that has been amazing for my life too. But I would say the biggest thing is, yeah, I was going out on my own and had zero expectation of whether I was going to be able to make it when we did episode one. And I, I have been here ever since, which is awesome.
0: Mark asked, how did you become aware of each other? What was the first time you met in person? So, I mean, I've been aware of Jason for a very, very, very long time as just you know from i don't know uh, sorry jason from when i was a kid uh... <laughs> we'll get to that we'll get yeah. to that in a minute <laughs> uh, you know it's just like maybe as just reading macworld or whatever as like a 15 year old like
1: I... I have to admit I, I for a project that i have not announced yet i've been looking through a lot of old issues of of uh, of macworld and macuser yeah. and seeing things that i've written or i know i worked on about things that i consider
0: ancient history and i think to myself
1: Jeez. <laughs> yep. like the, wow.
0: Yeah. I used to read mm-hmm. web Magazine. You know, I used to read the website. Um, and then when social media was a thing, I've been following Jason. The first time that we spoke was in uh, 2012, March of 2012, when I had Jason on my first podcast. He was an interview guest. I found the email that I sent to him. Yep. I found it too. And I wanted to read the topics that we spoke about on this episode back in March oh of God. 2012. Yeah, this is a classic. This is one for the time capsule. Yeah, <laughs> The new iPad one week on, and it would be great to know your opinions having seen it at the event if you're able to talk about it. I don't know what iPad, like that's just an that iPad. would
1: have been the third year of the iPad. Maybe that was the like the Retina, first Retina iPad in March 2012.
0: Yep. I don't know. Uh, second thing was Twitter buying Posterous and what we think they may want it for. I don't know what Posterous is. <laughs> Do you have any idea what that is? Uh, I just, um,
1: I just searched for it and it's Posterous at Posterist on Twitter. Uh, Posterous is no longer in service.
0: Posterus was a simple blogging platform started in May 2008. It supported integrated and automatic posting to other social media tools such as Flickr and Twitter.
1: Tumblr's biggest rival. So Tumblr says,
0: thanks for killing Posterus. My word. I now remember this because the, the, the logo looked like a post-it note. Wow, okay. look at that. That's how time... Flies, i suppose and also the upgram upcoming angry birds space game are we excited or do we have red bird fatigue they were the things that we spoke about and you said sounds great so yep I was very happy to, I I still am sort of like that where I
1: will sometimes get emails from people who are like, Hey, would you like to be on my podcast? And I try to say yes. Mm -hmm. Right. Because even the, you know, you never know. I I don't say yes because you never know when you're going to be working for that person with that person for 300 episodes. (laughs) Um, But more like, why not? Like, it's nice. It helps if, if they want it, it's nice that they thought of me and all of that. So I, I, yeah, that was, I remember nothing about that, um, other than, I do I do remember doing it. I remember sitting in the podcast studio at, at IDG and recording that. But that's, like, I don't remember anything
0: we talked about. No. And the first time we met was, uh, I mean, we'd, we'd, by that point, um, after that point, I had you on my various shows multiple times. Right. Um, we'd met, uh, and I guess the first time we met was at a Macworld party. At WWDC? Oh, yeah. So
1: we we had a party at WWDC for several years because Macworld was in San Francisco. Unlike so many, like, even the people who are in our sphere, who are in the Bay Area, a lot of them are at Apple or in the Silicon Valley, right? But Macworld was in San Francisco downtown. We were a little bit of a hike, right? It was like six blocks or something to get there up a hill. It's Not easy. You have to work for it a little bit. But we were proximate enough that I thought, and we had a nice terrace, like, that we could do a party on. So we did one for a few years and I, I made up the guest list, which was weird for me. I hadn't done that before. And so I invited sort of everybody I knew, um, which included all sorts of sort of Apple related luminaries and, uh, and
0: you guys too. Yeah. That was my first WWDC in 2013. And I, I vividly remember getting a DM from you. I was in my hotel room and you said, hey, do you want to come to the Macworld party? And I was like, oh, my God, because I knew about the Macworld party. Uh. Because when people would go to WWDC, they would take pictures from the little terrace and they'd post them online. It's like if you were someone who was just following along with this stuff from home, as I was up until that point, I knew this party existed. And then a few years later, we co-hosted it. Real AFM co-hosted the party.
1: Yeah, I think that was the last time it happened yeah, after I after I left, actually, which was yeah. really funny because I got to go back there and be like, yeah, I'm with these guys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we put you on the guest list. So
1: so you obviously weren't on the guest list and I just invited you at the last minute and I said, yeah, we got room. Come on over. <laughs> yep,
0: don't say it <laughs> whoever like you are. You just you just figured that I wouldn't be there, you know, and then you saw me you saw that I was in town and you were like, hey, come over. That was somebody I know. It's a
1: lot of pressure making a guest list. I don't know that many people. So it's like, who am I going to? And then it's always like, oh, I forgot. Oh, you're in town. Please come to the Mm -hmm. party. And then uh, Damon Wayans walks in and you're like, how did that happen? Yep.
0: True story. Every year, Damon Wayans would arrive and it was always like,
1: Naomi Pierce brought him, I think. I think that's how that worked. And I don't know how that happened.
0: Yeah. That was always a fun thing. Uh, Jovik in the Relay FM Discord asked, "What was the most surprised that you have been by one of your co-hosts' opinions or purchases?" Uh, mine was when <laughs> you told me you used a calendar as your task manager. <laughs> it's a classic. Yeah, I was very upset about that. As I rev- as I explained
1: myself, I feel like you got a little less irate about it. Yeah, b- because I kind of like built up the the idea of blocking time to work on tasks. Yeah. But it still was, yes, it still very much offended you. I do kind of have some task managers that I sort of use now, although I still do block out time and find it very effective to say. That's fine. In fact, now that, now that Todoist support is inside Fantastical, I, will ha- I have a recurring to-do that is at a time mm-hmm. on the week to write my Macworld column, and I mm-hmm. check it off, and it's like 2 p.m. on Tuesdays, Great. write the Macworld column. Mm-hmm. So it's still in the calendar, but it's also a thing I can check off, and it is very satisfying to check off the checkboxes, yeah. by the way. But yeah, that was a, I remember blowing your mind and many other people's minds with my ridiculous calendar-based system. But I was also coming from a place where I was overscheduled. I was in lots and lots of meetings at IDG. Yeah, and the only way I could get things done was by blocking off time. Mm-hmm. And so it came out of that, I think, too, where I'd be like, "I am going to write my column now, <laughs> two to four. Don't schedule me for anything during this period, because like some of these people could see my calendar and they'd see free free time and they'd." pop things in there. Mm-hmm. So I would block them with space for me to do other things. Um, for me, part of it, and it still gets me from time to time, is your casual description of how you've got two iPads that you use for different tasks. It's still I don't even know what it is about that. It's just, it always strikes me as like, hmm. <laughs> two iPads. But it just, it, it, it's always, the, the multi-pad lifestyle originally hit me as being kind of wacky. I don't know. I get why you do it, Mm -hmm. but it is wacky. Also, I would say uh, at several points, I just forget how much younger you are than I am. And it comes up sometimes with Mike at the Movies. Like famously, I heard from a lot of people about you not understanding that Save the Whales was a thing in the 80s and therefore not understanding the entire premise of Star Trek IV being resonant because Save the Whales was a thing. And you're like, what? Whales? They're fine. (laughs) It's like, wow, okay, you're right. You did not actually lived through that and I had forgotten or my favorite moment where I felt like I was a million years old is when you when I talked about Crowded House with you my favorite band and you said oh my mom loved Crowded House we had the greatest hits CD I thought yep that's it my favorite band is uh the band that your mom likes (laughs) I mean I liked them too but uh yeah but it was a it was a happy childhood memory of Mm -hmm. music your mother played (laughs) I was like okay
0: yeah so that's it for me You're only as young as you feel, Mike. Then maybe I feel older, you feel younger. We're somewhere around the same age. I don't know how I'm feeling right now. (laughs) (laughs) We all feel old now. We're all 100 years old. Uh, Sam in uh, Discord asked, uh, what have you accomplished with the show that you're most proud of? Um, Also, the flip side, what would you want to improve or change in the future? Um, I think one of my things that I am the most proud of is the upgrades. I love it. Um, it was one of those things where I think when, when I first proposed it, you were a little bit like, here goes Mike with one of his wild ideas. Yeah, right. And also keep in mind, it was like
1: literally episode like 10 or something. Was it? We hadn't even been doing the show for a year. Yeah, I think wow. we did it. Didn't we do the, and it was the first, it was the first, first annual, annual, remember? Mm-hmm. And you I, really I was very, play. I was very opposed to that because yeah. uh, it's not, there's no such thing as a, as a first annual.
0: Episode 16. Was the upgradees for two thousand and fourteen
1: the first ever upgradees is what I demanded that we call it.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. but then I was right; it did become an annual tradition, (laughs) Uh, and I love it. It's it's grown into something that like I genuinely look forward to every single year and like think a lot about, and it's really something that I love. Um, So I'm happy that we do that. In the things of what would we want to improve or change in the future, I would like to do some more in depth topics that take more time to research and stuff like that. I don't really have ideas for what they could be, but it's just something that has been on my mind.
1: Well, we did that one segment a little while ago that was kind of like the big picture kind of thing where we tried to just disconnect a little bit from the week in, week out and kind of zoom back and talk about the big picture. And that's a a thing that I think fits with our format and yet is furthering it in a way that is good.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: What about you? For me, I would say having worked with, apple pr people for over coverage you know invite to this event review of this all of that for years now i think it was a milestone when i got a call from apple pr specifically because of upgrade yes yeah, nice and it's that colleen novielli uh interview that that i did in new york city that was an invite that i got not because i was the guy who writes about Apple stuff for six colors, but because they wanted me to interview somebody and they felt and, and they felt that upgrade was a good fit for a, you know, a Mac. It was an iMac, right? For an interview about a new Mac. And I thought this is a real milestone that our show is the reason that I'm getting this call from Apple and not my writing. So that was that was a big one That's nice. for me. And and it's and it's happened since then, right? Mm-hmm. But like for me that was a real mile, milestone of upgrade. That upgrade was cons- was taken seriously and part of Apple's launch plan for this product and and that was unusual and good. Um uh and on the flip side, I, I always want us to keep searching for other trends like with upstream. Mm-hmm. Uh, where we, What I'm really happy about about Upstream is that we started talking about Apple's strategy and the other streaming media stuff um, long before there was anything. And I felt like we did a good job covering it as it came into uh, reality. And it did also mean that at that moment where Apple TV Plus launched, not only were we there with this whole history of talking about it, and so we really knew what the history was and what they were trying to do, but I feel like our listeners were super well-educated about what was going on. And I would see it on Twitter sometimes where I'd see people who very clearly had listened to Upgrade and were like, oh, well, you know, Apple's doing it because of this. And I'm like, that's awesome, right? Like, yeah. we, it's not just about us. Like, look at how cool we are that we talked about this years in advance, but it's also like we talked about it with the listeners. And so when that happened, all the Upgradians are like, yeah, okay. I've been following it. I know what's going on, which is awesome. So um, I'd love to continue watching for opportunities to do stuff like that. The things that strike us as interesting um, that are that are maybe a little longer term and we plant the seed and then we just watch it grow for a couple of years.
0: Yeah, that's really nice. I like that. Uh, John in the Discord asked, what was the most unexpectedly delightful thing to happen on the show? Um, it is for me when Jason and Federico nearly killed me on air in episode, uh, episode 26 of Upgrade where we started the show the show began we were talking beforehand and then it turned out that federico was sitting in the studio with jason because it was after the uh apple watch apple event where federico went out and Mm -hmm. uh i emitted a noise uh which (laughs) can only be described as a man's brain uh just breaking i will play a clip now so you can hear that in case you've never heard that episode. He got an invite. We'll talk about that on Connected. That's a whole, yeah. whole big story. I'm looking forward to Connected this week, actually.
1: Or we can talk about it now if you want, Mike.
0: Oh, <laughs> Hello? Oh my God, that really scared me. Hi, Federico. <laughs> Hi, Mike. How are what you? What are you doing there? <laughs> a podcast, obviously. <have> <laughs> How long a have you been there? <laughs> the whole the time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's good I didn't say anything bad about you. Hey, buddy. <laughs> Hi. Now, I know that I can trust you. Because he didn't say
1: anything bad about me. Yeah, so the story there is that that was where the first time any of us met Federico, right?
0: No, I think i would met him before because he came to London to okay. do a briefing for an iPad. I, I think. mean,
1: all of us Americans yeah, exactly. who go to Apple events knew mm-hmm. who he was, but we'd never seen him in person. Mm-hmm. And so that was great. Um, he's very tall. And mm-hmm. that was my memory. It's like, oh. He's very tall, this gentleman. Uh, we went out to lunch with uh, a few of us um, and then went back to the Macworld studios because I had to do the thing. And it was very much like a collaboration of wouldn't it be funny if you just came on the podcast and you'd be a guest, but also you'd blow Mike's mind. And then we, d- what we decided to do is not mention it to you and have him sit there silently
0: Yep. until that moment when yep. he spoke and blew your mind. Because there was also, before the show, I was ask, I was complaining about him to you because he wasn't answering my text messages. Ah. And the reason he wasn't answering the text messages is because he was with you getting ready yes. to
1: scare me. Yes. Which happened. <laughs> I would say my most delightful thing that happened is that we had this dumb idea, one of my dumb ideas, mm-hmm. uh, for uh, upgrade Christmas special, holiday special. It was the Christmas Carol. Yeah. This is episode 225. And the idea there, the very loose idea, was past, present, future, and and like, what? Can, how can we hang the Christmas Carol concept on upgrade? And it was like, we'll talk to Stephen about the past, we'll talk to Rosemary about the present, and we'll talk to Federico about the future. And I felt like that was that was a good uh, set of of guests. Yeah. And it would be a fun kind of thing. And Federico representing kind of the iPad and other things that are going on looking at Apple would be like a good future goes to future Apple what i didn't expect was that apple that uh, federico would do the entire episode in character as himself yes. coming yes. back from the future to reveal all the details of everything that happened in the future and it's amazing like yep. amazing
0: and i we tried to do the the past thing with steven and it fell apart very quickly but federico yeah. was incredibly committed to the role
1: yeah, I didn't want Steven to stay there because it was going to be us. Mm-hmm. It was going to be the same bit except we would be subs- surprising surprising Steven with mm-hmm. facts of the present and we're all aware of the facts of the present. So I thought that would be kind of boring. But Federico was committed to the bit in a level of detail that I never expected. Yep. And he went to a lot of very weird places and that was if you if you were talking about unexpectedly delightful, that has got to be it for me.
0: Yeah, if you've not um, heard that episode, that's one really worth listening to. I'll put it in the it's, show notes bananas um
1: and then more broadly the back and forth with us and the audience Mm -hmm. about ideas like uh you know upgradians as a term which was brought by the listener Mm dongle town and the whole kind of like spinning out of where dongle town is and it's, you know, it's uh, some are a fun connotations and it's sports connotations and things like that has been very fun. Yeah. And then even some some bits that we did that we then discarded later for new dumb bits that always happens like verticals. We had verticals for a while, which are segments essentially. But we were joking about them and calling them verticals because mm-hmm. that's a industry term. And we don't do that anymore. But that was a fun thing for the first 40 episodes or whatever. So that's yeah. that. I love that back and forth of sort of silly bits that recur for a while.
0: Well, because some of the verticals just became parts of the show, so then they just became parts of the show. Like Ask That's Upgrade, true. for yeah. example. This right. thing Everybody knows right it's
1: now. really it's really a vertical, but we don't
0: talk about them anymore. The Internet's friend Casey asked, what is the biggest pinch-yourself moment? I think I have two that I, that immediately jumped out to me. One was the, the, the Colin Novielli interview that you mentioned earlier. Colin was the first Apple guest that we'd had. we have had a few since, but that was like really... Whoa, okay, right? Like when you were telling me all that stuff about like they want to bring me in for our show, like it was amazing. And then also, um in episode fifty six, uh, John Gruber linked to the show and mentioned that upgrade was a favorite show of his, which again, if you go back to Mike going all the way back in his history as like a fifteen year old boy reading uh, tech news on the internet, you know, I've always really respected John Gruber and I didn't I don't really think I knew that he listened to the show at all. At that point um, and then when he linked to the episode which is a classic episode which is episode 56 the migration experience where we talk about how frustrating it was to upgrade an iOS device um, right. and uh, John mentions that the upgrade is one of his favorite podcasts which I it really meant a lot to me yeah very generous of
1: him to say that and yeah. uh, and that was that was a fun episode too yeah uh, for me it's similar uh, when they started regularly mentioning Upgrade on Accidental Tech Podcast, yeah, which definitely. is the the one tech podcast I listen to every single week. I try to listen to others, but that's the one that's mm-hmm. at the top of my list.
0: That's why it's a Lifetime Achievement Award winner. Yeah, and it kept
1: happening that's the part that gets me is that they mention it once and i'm like wow that's uh that's great that's awesome that they're talking about that and then uh, but they do they cite us a lot and it's every time i i mean <laughs> they mention my name sometimes in passing i'm like but but it like it, it's so weird to listen to one of your uh, regular favorite podcasts and then uh somebody just casually mentions your name on the podcast and then they go on and 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 i i kind of haven't gotten over that of like what but uh, huh where'd that come from um, kind of disconcerting, but also a lot of fun. So that's, for me, that has honestly been it, is I know those guys, so it's not like, um, like, oh, I can't believe they noticed me. Like, I know those guys, but they don't need to talk about other podcasts on their podcast. They don't need to say nice things. They don't need to cite us or say, as Marco has done several times, you should really, and Casey and John too, uh, you should really listen to this week's episode of Upgrade. They really, Marco does that all the time, even now. And it's just, it's very, nice to say they really covered this well you should go listen to that not only is that good cuz they're they have a big audience and they're sending people to listen to us but um i'm honored by that that's cuz it's a podcast that i listen to i don't need to go listen to upgrade though cuz i've already heard it
0: all right, we have more uh, ask upgrade from the Upgradians to go, but before we do, let me thank our final sponsor, and that is Squarespace. You can make your next move for Squarespace and create a website for your next idea or project. You can get a unique domain name, customize and take advantage of award-winning templates and so much more. No matter what type of website you want to make, Squarespace have got the tools for it. They're an all-in-one platform that will let you put what you want online. Maybe you want to create an online store, a portfolio, a blog. It doesn't matter what you want to do. Squarespace. Squarespace can give you the tools that you need, and they back everything up with a 24-7 customer support. So if you need any help, they will help you out. And this is one of the great selling features. You know, Maybe you already have a Squarespace website, but a friend, family member, maybe a social club or a business that you uh, want to help get online, you can help them with get started on Squarespace. It's super easy. They can sign up for a trial. They can try it all out without giving them the credit card. And they you can just try it out, build the website, see if it's right for them. But then also you don't have to be the tech support person because Squarespace has award-winning 24-7 support so that you know, if you help that person get set up, then you can walk away. You're not forever involved in the, the running of the website, which is great. I have used Squarespace for a decade now uh, for so many projects. When I want to put something online, I go to squarespace.com and set up a website because it's so easy, it's so simple, and they have everything that you could want to get your project online, go to squarespace.com/upgrade and you can sign up for that free trial with no credit card required. And then, if you use the offer code upgrade when you check out and when you sign up for a plan, you'll get 10% of your first purchase of a website or domain and show your support for this show. That is squarespace.com/upgrade and the code upgrade for 10% of your first purchase. So thanks to Squarespace for their continued support of this show and all of Relay FM. Squarespace make your next move, make your next website. So continuing the hashtag ask Upgrade from Tim. What have you not accomplished with the show that you would like to in the future? This is uh, bouncing on something you mentioned earlier. Uh, we've done some live stuff for this show. I want to do a large live show for Upgrade. Yeah. Um, yep. I thought about like what it would take to do an, a live upgrade at WWDC in the past. Um, it would be difficult if we wanted to yep. keep it on Monday. And if yeah. we wanted to do it how we usually do it, which is right after the keynote, but maybe one day. But even if maybe it's not day. WWDC, like I want to do a large live show one well, day. We talked we about
1: before all of this was going on. I mean, we talked about doing um, something. We did one show in Chicago. Yep. That was a live upgrade. Yep. And that was really great. Mm-hmm. And we filled the Cards Against Humanity theater.
0: Yep. And it was luckily enough was a draft week.
1: Yeah, and, and and a draft I lost because I was caught in the lights. I was just so dazzled by the lights and the audience. Oh, that I, come on. I performed
0: Why really do badly. Why you have to? You win all of them, right?
1: Like, just, just <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, I was off my game, Mike. Uh, I was just uh-huh, too uh-huh. feeling the love and off my game. You were just picking joke my heart picks that week.
0: to make the audience laugh, right? Oh,
1: man, kind of, but yeah, um, sure. also just bad judgment. Anyway, uh, I know you won that one fair and square. Uh but yes, I would love to do that too. That would be really great. Uh to to do a proper upgrade again in front of an audience. And one day we'll have audiences
0: again and we'll do that. Uh and Zach asks, Zach's got another question in. Do you find that the more segmented nature of upgrade helps you in producing the show compared to looser format shows that you also make? Um Yeah. It's a yes and no for me. Really, why and why and no. So, yes, because uh, I can kind of like... We've got this, this, and this to do. It helps me with timing of the show. Like, I know how long the segments are going to be. And, and and we can... Right. You know, like, especially with Ask Upgrade, if there isn't a lot of news, we always have this world that we can come back to to help with, with topics. and Stuff like that. it's great. Um, but sometimes, if I want to have a segment in a show, I may have to work harder to find news for it.
1: That's true, right? It does. It creates... Uh, an assignment and this is something we'll come back to I think later on there's a question that's similar to this but when you're making a podcast right so we we did episode one <laughs> we then did an episode every single week and now we're at 300 of them this is the secret of doing something like this or or are publishing uh, back in the day publishing a magazine we're doing a website right it's like it's a treadmill you're not creating a single thing you're creating a whole system that you then need to stay on forever until you stop doing it and that means that every time you do something, you have to look at it not as this would be fun, but as this will be fun, but I'm also committing to a certain amount of work forever mm-hmm. until I discard this thing. And, th- and that's always the bit that, I, that gives me, and I think you, an appropriate amount of hesitation about committing. Not that we don't commit to things, because we do, but that you got to be sure, because it will create an expectation... And more work for you. And more work isn't necessarily bad, but you, there, you've there, got a limited amount of work that you can commit. So you got to make the right decisions about it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I will also mention, um, I had never, I'd done a lot of podcasts. I had done, you know, whatever 300 episodes-ish of The Incomparable when we launched Upgrade because The Incomparable is at like 515 or something now. Um, So 200 some episodes of The Incomparable but I'd never had a podcast of my own where there was the same hosts every week. There was continuity. There was follow-up comparable is different panels every week. So you can't really do follow-up and we record some of them in advance, but even if you didn't, you tried to schedule feedback, like people be like, I don't like what John Syracuse said. I mean, who are we kidding? Nobody would ever say that about John Syracuse. I don't know. I don't like what Steve Lutz said about this movie and Steve's not there that week. So I can read the, comment but like there's nobody to answer it except me and I didn't make that like there's no the incomparable I've said this many times is a, a show that I love and I've done it for 10 years almost now and it's great it is a catalog of what not to do in a podcast like the the, there's, the panels are too big. There's too many different rotating panelists. So there's no continuity. There's all these things. And I wanted to do a show with Upgrade. It was like, oh, I finally can do that tech podcast, you know, like all those other tech podcasts where we talk and we're the same every week and we can do follow up and there's continuity because people listen last week and this week and it's the same people. And so that's one of the reasons that I love the segments in Upgrade is because I never got to do that on any other podcast. And it's so much fun to have that as a change of pace from a lot of the other things that I do. So, um, I, I do enjoy it. I like that. It focuses us on certain topics. I will, you know, I will send you links for upstream during the week. Like, oh, here's something that happened. Uh, and that's, and so I do like that. I wouldn't want our show to just be segments every week, right? Like, I think the 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 big gap in the middle where it's just sort of like topics go here is very important for us to be relevant week to week mm. and to not feel like it's super programmed and like a radio show or something where we have a format and we hit it every week. And then we're just filling, you know, filling blocks of time with product. And I, I that's too much. That's too processed.
0: Yeah, we, we still like, even though we have all the segments that we have, like, We don't force them. Like, if I have no news for Upstream, I won't include the segment. Um, But I do... You know, saying about follow-up was funny to me. I remember how excited you were about follow-up. Oh, man. We had to... Over time, I had to, like reign you in because you you would happily do an hour of follow up oh yeah right and and so you know I had to let you get it out of your system no other podcast would
1: do an hour of follow up Mike no no other popular Apple themed tech podcast spend most of their show on follow up
0: let's just say I didn't want to do an hour of follow up but you're right thank you thank you for saving
1: me from myself yeah fair enough it
0: wasn't good for upgrade yeah
1: but early on it was absolutely it was like catnip (laughs) it's like oh my god we have follow up we have continuity let's lean into it and then we got our we, it it it's there mm-hmm. and when we need it and it's a nice thing and i love that there's that conversation that goes back and forth about stuff like that i love it but i also am not going to eat up the whole show with it anymore
0: which is which is good there are some shows many episodes where we don't do it like like it's this, true one we just didn't have any follow up today there was nothing because we it's got much everything going on. correct last time. That's why. Uh <laughs> yep. Rob in the Discord asked if you could give a message to yourselves before episode one, what would it be? Well for me it's this will be exactly what you hope it is. Oh that's nice. Oh Jason. That's nice. Yeah. Oh. Oh, that got me. Oh boy. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> It's mm. in the show notes, I guess. <laughs> I didn't read it though. Ah, that's good spoilers. Uh, I uh, said that that because so mine's different. Uh, that this show is going to exceed every possible goal you could set for yourself, and so I, I that that means a lot to me that you said that. Well, we hadn't we'd spoken a few times,
1: but we hadn't done something this expansive together. No, and we were taking a chance, right? We were taking yep. a chance. And 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 I was like, I think Mike's the guy. And I think this is this is the thing we can do. And I'd listen. I mean, you'd listen to me, and I'd listen to you. But that's not the same. No. And you know, I I'd like if this works, this is what
0: it will be like, and that is what it is like. So, thumbs up, Mike. Thank you. Um, Molly's asked, "What is the most listened to episode so far?" I didn't know the answer to this. I had to go check it, and I was both surprised and pleased um, episode 249 which is uh, the episode the week after WWdc last year featuring Josh, uh Josh Sheffer and Willie Hodges from Apple discussing Swift UI and catalyst and also iPad OS 13 I was really surprised about that honestly um, because it just I just figured that maybe the WWDC episode that week would have been more because they're typically one of our biggest episodes of the year. So that was kind of cool.
1: Also, we we debated a lot about how we couldn't, you know, my interview with Josh and Wiley was later in the week and we're like, do we, we can't wait because we have to do the post episode or post keynote episode. Mm-hmm. Do we put out another episode? Do we hold it? Is Apple okay with giving us this interview and then having us sit on it for four days mm-hmm. Uh, which they were, which was nice. It turned out that I think that interview, which was about like deep tech stuff about Swift UI and Catalyst, uh, but trying to make it understandable for a broader audience, you know, it was it was a real tight rope for me. I was really kinda like, How am I gonna do this? And I think it turned out fine. But yep. it um lesson learned is by getting it out of WWDC week and letting it breathe a little bit so that mm-hmm. people were kind of like Done with the WWDC podcast, they're going home, or they if they never left home, they're like that, that bulk of them is over and now this is a new thing. Like I think it got more attention because we waited a little bit. So that was
0: an an interesting lesson. Cause also, don't forget that WWDC week, every tech podcast had someone from Apple on it, right? Like all That's of true. The, the, the large shows had guests, right? Like there was a bunch sure. of relay shows that had them and in the kind of extended universe. Um, like lots of people had Apple, uh, employees as guests. So For sure. I don't know if we would have got as much attention on the episode. So it was, hindsight worked out great. Yeah. And I, I used a lot of, uh, plugins to make, remove the street noise
1: and the echo oh from that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, th- this is actually closely followed by episode two, th- 237, which we mentioned for the third time, which was the, the episode of Colleen Novielli, which also had a draft in it. That was a massive episode. Yeah, that
1: was, um, right. So, so that was the first episode where Apple PR basically said, we w- would like you to be, we would like a person on your podcast. It was like, wow. Um, and because that was they hadn't done that, but they did with Renee Ritchie one time like that was it. There was very little precedent for it. And, and so that was a big thing. And yes, uh, it was a draft episode. So we like recorded different parts at different times. I, we recorded actually a big chunk of the show with me at home. And then I flew to New York and then did the interview. And then we did that segment. It was this whole and we had to pretend like the I was in Romania. Are, Exactly. Oh my god.
0: Yeah, it was a
1: it was a huge production challenge, but mm-hmm. uh so I'm glad people listened to it.
0: Yeah, I recorded with you at like three in the morning or something. Uh, yeah. Local time in Romania. It was wild. That was mm-hmm. fun, but that was wild. Yeah. Enoch in the Discord asks, "How do you get your?" Thank you for this compliment. Superb news. Uh, a lot of research. I all week. I uh, I use RSS now. I used to use Twitter and and stuff like. That, but I use RSS now. Uh, I have a bunch of sources that I'll be checking, and if I see any tweet that comes up, I, what I do is I just save all the links from RSS or from Twitter or whatever to an Apple Note, and then on Monday morning I sit down and go through all of the links that I've collected, mm-hmm. um, and we'll read through them and see what I think is right for the show and, and put them in.
1: I wonder if there's a a future goal, and I don't know what this is, so we'll just we'll we'll talk about this later. But like, I wonder. If we could build a system where you and I are throwing links into a document somewhere in a in a fairly straightforward way, or you know maybe you should share your Apple Note with me. I mean, I could do that, yeah, and I could put things in it too. Because right now I just paste them in Slack from time to time, and a lot of them I just mm-hmm. let them go past. So,
0: well, we one work big, on that. one good source for me is like I just look at what you've posted on Six Colors. That's well, how that I helps. know what you're interested in.
1: That but, I mean, yeah. it, it, I certainly that gives us fodder, right? Anything that I'm writing during the week is something that we can talk about. Although, except for the ones that we talk about it first, and then I write about it because it was like really good, and we had a good conversation. I'm like I'm going to make that a story mm-hmm. for the people who don't listen to podcasts to read, which is part of the magic mm-hmm. of having a podcast. Um, for me, I want to I want to thank Mike <laughs> on the podcast for doing that work because we do the show on Sunday morning or Monday morning <laughs> Pacific time, mm-hmm. not Sunday morning. Monday morning Pacific time. Sometimes I will pop into the document uh, over the weekend, but you know, it's the weekend. Uh, Sometimes on Sunday, I'll I'll be thinking about something. I'll go in there. I'll see if there's anything in the document. I might add some things in. It's like, I want to talk about this, but really I spend like an hour or two before we start doing the show. After I wake up on Monday morning, looking at the document and thinking about what we're going to do. And so often the document is just done on Monday morning, because mm-hmm. Mike has done it on Monday uh, UK time, mm-hmm. and so the structure and the shape of the document is, so much of that is just Mike's work, so thank you for doing that every week, Pleasure. I help sometimes a lot of times I don't,
0: so thank you This is um, so, uh, something me and Stephen were talking about on our new uh, podcast backstage which is for Real FM members where we talk about kind of like how to start a podcast, and we're talking about like having co-hosts and stuff like that in preparation. This is just like a thing where uh, we need to have a document together. And I, the type of person that I am, I need lots of notes for shows. I like to have lots of notes. And I think that, Mm -hmm you don't need as much as I do as in the sense of an outline. Um, I, I get the sense that you could come to uh, the show with some basic talking points, but not to the level that I put together. Not to the level that you put together. Yep. That's probably true. But I mean, when when
1: I was doing Download, like yes. that was... I had to build those show notes every week and it's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It is. So thank you for doing it.
0: Yeah, but it's just kind of the case of like, I I need it. So I have no problem doing the majority of the work. Like I feel like I, I, I need it maybe more than you do. But Sal asked, how many hours do you actively spend preparing for an episode? How far in advance and how detailed is the show outline? So that document that Jason was talking about, it takes me about 90 minutes every Monday morning to put together. Um, the amount of detail differs from week to week, but as I said, there's like there's a lot of research collection happening throughout the week, and I might have an idea for a topic like Jason does, and I might go into my Apple Note and make some like a, a, a bulleted list of things that I want to touch on and then expand on it. But that's t- that takes me uh, around 90 minutes every Monday morning to put together, and that includes yeah. like getting all the Ask Upgrade questions and picking the ones that I want to do because like I don't know if it's if we really made it clear before, but we get lots and lots of questions and I pick the ones that I think are best for each episode and all that kind of stuff. So,
1: And then I wake up and mm-hmm. somewhere, you know, I will look while I'm having my tea in bed in the morning, but basically I try to be at my desk around eight and I spend an hour going through the show doc. And that's where I will um, make sure that I have answers for Ask Upgrade questions. If there's a question or a Snell talk- topic that I think is not going to do it for me, that I'm not going to give a good answer. I will... Flag those and I'll say, Mike, I need a different snell talk question <laughs> or yep. I'll, I'll mark a, an ask upgrade as, as uh, crossed out and we shouldn't do it. Um, I'll go through the show document as well. Sometimes there's a, how do, what do we think about this? And then there'll be an MH, I think about this this way. And then that's the end of it. And I'm like, okay. And then I'll, I'll add in a little bit of a note. I could just jump in during the show, but I try to add a little bit of a note of like, here's what I will probably say in, in just a very simple way of like, this is, this is what you should talk about here self. Yeah. Um, And, and we'll put it together that way. And
0: then sometimes I don't read Jason's notes and then they make me cry on the show.
1: Exactly. Right. That's the beauty of it. Mm -hmm. So uh, we also, uh, sometimes I will make, bigger creative decisions which is always problematic when it's an hour before we're going to record sometimes i will say to mike i don't know about this topic or i think we're i think this is too much or i would like to talk about this sometimes i'll insert things and mike will be like wow that's a whole thing i said yeah but i want to talk about it a lot of times we'll end up having a conversation then or right before we start recording where we'll be saying um the show may be too long uh, sometimes it happens during the show too we'll be like yeah let's take this out and do it next week. Um, sometimes I'll come in before and I'll be like, this is too much. And he'll say, let's make it a a follow-up item or a mini topic instead of making it a full segment because I I feel like the balance is off. So I will give it a scan and say like, eh, this doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel like what we should be doing. So there's some of that. But it, a lot of that is happening in the in the hour before and it makes me feel bad on one level because i am swooping in at the end of mike's process and then second guessing him but it is also a collaboration between us so
0: it's like i never want to do something that jason doesn't want to do because then we're not going to have the conversation it's just going to be me monologuing like if there's a topic you're not interested in and that's and this is not criticism this is how i would be too it's like i don't want to if there's a topic that i have nothing to say on then i have nothing to say on it and So I like, and honestly, like I cannot think of any time where we have not torn up part of the show document where it hasn't worked out for the best. I agree. And we'll go back and forth. Sometimes we will really
1: disagree and we will Mm -hmm. go back and forth on where, what the right solution is, but we always end up with a good solution that is the, that turns out to be the best one for the finished product. Also, I, you know, I don't. The other part of it is time wise. Like, I don't want us building the show on Friday because stuff happens on uh, over the weekend and Monday. I don't really want to commit to working. I, I get, I, I work enough on the weekend already. So I don't want to commit to having Sunday be the day that the upgrade document gets yeah, built. I don't want and as that. a result, your, your work day starts on Monday morning mm-hmm. and you have that day while I'm sleeping <laughs> mm-hmm. to build the show do- doc. So that's sort of how it happens. I was thinking back, like, I don't even remember when we started doing upgrade on Mondays at 9 a.m. Pacific. I don't even remember when we started doing that because you had a job yeah, at first. Yeah, like that always. So at some point we we settled on this regular time for streaming and stuff like that but I don't even remember that.
0: I think if anything it would have just been a couple of hours later. Yeah. It would have been Mondays yeah. at some time but
1: yeah, and the first episode, of course, was, was pre-recorded, so mm-hmm. we, we didn't even know. So anyway, that's, that's the answer is that this thing that you listen to every week, um, you know, we don't just make it up as we go along, but it, we're also not reading from a script generally. It's just a, uh, an outline.
0: I'm a friend of the show, Brian, in the and members' Discord asked, Upgrade is a very consistent show, recorded and edited and posted at largely the same time every week. What advice do you have for people who want to record, edit, and release podcasts on the same day? Who is it's hard. Like it's a lot of work, right? Like if you yep. if you do things the way that we do them, it's going to take you all day, right? Like because again, so say so say it takes me ninety minutes to prep. We record typically for like two and a half hours, then I will spend at least another sixty to ninety minutes editing and posting the show. So like, upgrade is Monday like it's the day you know yeah um so the thing about the editing and releasing on the same day is it's it's a difficult thing to do and it's something I can do because I have a lot of experience in editing um the way that upgrade is edited is whilst we are recording I have a pen and paper in front of me and I am noting time codes of all of the ty- things that I need to edit these can be when me and Jason are talking over each other excessively Um, I don't cut out all of that because I don't think that all of that should be cut out in a show like ours. Like there can be a little collision. It's like... It's a little bit... There's a a right amount of it. Yeah, thank yeah. you. And I feel like I am I do the right amount of editing on there or there'll be like production notes where it's like, all right, we didn't do that part right. We had to take that out. Or like someone, someone like Jason goes to get some tea, which happened in this episode and I'll edit yep. around that. Or the audio clips that I put in this episode, I write the times down and I'll put them in. So that cuts down my editing time. Because if I edited this show the way that I edit, say, Cortex, where that's my heaviest edit, I listen to the entire show and edit it as I'm going, like listening back that takes me about so it's like 3 hours to every hour yeah and that means our upgrade would not get put out on the same day so you know it this show is typically around 90 minutes long it takes me about an hour to edit that which
1: is great i'm working on which i've not talked about but i'll at least mention here i'm hoping to do a an online course about podcast editing that's <laughs> yes. my hope yes um And this keeps coming up. And and I think it's a really important point about the spectrum of editing of a podcast. You can not edit and you can super, super detail edit. And the truth is you have to choose based on your need. So for Upgrade, this is a perfect example. Upgrade gets an edit. Cortex gets a detailed edit. Mm -hmm. Upgrade's edit is more than just posting it live, but it's kind of assembly-based with a little bit of cleanup. So... Um, it's, uh, I do similar with the incomparable. I probably do a little more detailed than upgrade, but not a lot where I have notes about where we messed up or things I need to take out. And I do that part and things I need to put in and I'll do that. And then I will scan through looking for over talking which on the incomparable there's a lot of it because it's a big panel
0: oh i also do do that but there's just not as much
1: yeah well that's what you, when you were talking about over talking i mean it's, it's very much the same kind of thing where it's like if i interrupt or there's a false start we both start talking at once you clean that up but it, you don't have to listen to the whole show to do that you can actually look in your editing app at the waveforms and say oh they're talking at the same time there let's listen and see what's broken there but it so it's a it's an edit but it's not the heavy edit and you know it comes back to if you want to release record edit and release on the same day you're going to make a decision about where you land on that spectrum in order to get the show out so if i was i don't want to say if i was more like gray cuz that's not the point but like if you and i decided that upgrade needed to be upgrade needed to be made at the level of detail of cortex be, for reasons we would do it but then upgrade couldn't come out the day that we record it, mm-hmm. and I I really really like that upgrade comes out the day we record it because we talk about the issues of the of the day, and the longer you let a topic topical podcast sit, the more likely it is to be invalidated by events, right? So mm-hmm. you, we want to put it out, and so we made that decision. Um, so I think that's my big advice here is, yes, it's hard. Consistency is really important. I, I thank you for mentioning, Brian, that upgrade is consistent. I, I'm a real believer that podcasts are more successful when they're consistent. Um, and then you, if you want to be consistent like that, you need to find where the right place on the editing spectrum is for you to be able to be consistent and be happy with the, the final product. And that's hard, but that that's sort of what we've settled on here. And I'm reminded of that every
0: time I have to edit Upgrade. Yeah, like for me, it's, it's, you know, that it wouldn't be terrible if we put Upgrade out on Tuesday morning. But the problem is I wouldn't be able to have it done by Tuesday morning, right? Because I do lots of shows, I have lots of things going on. I would, like Cortex uh, it we record and then put the show out like four days later because I can't do all that editing in one day. I have to break it up because either I don't have the time or it can be bad for my RSI to do that amount of editing in one day. Um, I it just wouldn't like basically if we if I wanted to if we wanted to do a Cortex style edit which is like really going through and picking it all out like and, and you know every time one of us repeats a word cutting it which is I do that right like if we repeat things I will sure cut that up um upgrade would come out on like thursdays
1: yeah and that's no good for this podcast that's not whereas cortex it's fine and that's also our time works for us here you we're recording early it's late it's in the evening where you are but you still have some time that you can work on monday evening to Mm -hmm. do it if you need to pass it to me which sometimes happens because you have to go somewhere or you know you have other commitments and you'll pass it to me i've got all day to do it. I don't take all day. I do it in a couple of hours right after, just as you do. But I've got all day to do it, which is, if you look at something like ATP, they record late in the evening. And there have been times when Marco has edited that podcast immediately following when he has to get on a plane the next morning or something like that. But for the most part, like the incomparable, you record late in the evening, and then you edit it later. (laughs) Right? And uh, that works for them because that recording time works for them. Upgrades advantage is that we get out you know sooner, and we we only have two hours where events
0: can invalidate our podcast, yep. and that's I like that. I that's like what that I'm going lot. for. So I always yeah. say to people when they ask, like, after we press record, every minute upgrades getting out of date, and I hate that. <laughs> I hate it, uh, and so that's why we get out as, as yeah. fast as we can, yeah. but whilst maintaining a quality level.
1: Whereas in contrast, I just posted uh, an episode of the incomparable this weekend that we recorded like four weeks ago, so you know different different kinds in different places
0: all right so that wraps it up for this episode uh, thank you so much to everybody who sent in a hashtag ask upgrade question uh, you can do that by tweeting out with the hashtag ask upgrade or for in the Relay Fm members discord use the question mark ask upgrade and you can submit a question that way uh, th- thanks so much for tuning in to this episode and any episode you have listened to. Um, Obviously, we're in a very celebratory mood today for episode 300, so we will extend our sincere thanks to you, the Upgradians, the listeners of this show, for tuning in every week that you tune in, for supporting us by, by buying our merchandise, by being a member, by sharing the show with people. Um, we it means the world to us that we get to produce this show for all of you and to have seen it grow over time and for there to be more upgradians like it's, a, it's really a wonderful thing so thank you so much for tuning in I will say thank you Jason as always for being hey. a part of this with me it, it really does mean the world to me um, thank you Mike it all worked out, didn't it? It sure did. Uh, you can find Jason online. He's at Jason L, J S N E L L, and at sixcolors.com and the incomparable.com. I am I Mike, I M Y K E. Thank you to our sponsors for supporting this week's episode Cotton Bureau, DoorDash, and Squarespace. And we'll be back next week. Well, wow, so next week is going to be a regular episode. Then it's all going out the window, right? It's like everything's about to happen. WWDC is coming fast now. Until then, say goodbye, Jason Snell. Goodbye, Jason Snell. Yeah. Choo, choo, choo.